Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello, and a very warm welcome to The Big Cruise Podcast. But you know that, you just listen to the intro. <laughs> my name is Buzz, I'm your host, and it's my pleasure to bring you episode 49, which was recorded on Friday, the 26th of March, 2021. Now I have a confession. I messed up some of the audio in today's uh, or pl- today's planned show, which unfortunately couldn't be re-recorded in time. So whilst we had this jam-packed 45-minute uh, show all planned, um, we can't do it all. So we're left with uh, just myself and Chris and today's bumper edition of Cruise News. And there really is so much Cruise News to get through to. And we have a listener question which uh, forms uh, maritime history. Uh, thank you to Liam for that question. And you'll be the first part of uh, today's show. Of course, Chris will be joining us shortly to uh, answer Liam's question and the latest cruise news. Now, uh, just a quick reminder, if any of the listeners ever cruised on the Fairstar, which was the, uh, the the ship that made cruising famous down here in Australia, we'd love to hear from you. We want to try and get a, re- a historical review of what it was really like to cruise on that iconic Fairstar back in the day. And also, if you are in Singapore, Taiwan, or in the UK, both Singapore and Taiwan have already restarted cruising. They've got great numbers of people that have taken a cruise. And uh, if you want to share your experience, we'd love to hear from you. And likewise, if you're in the UK and uh, able to book one of those cruises, which is departing from uh, mid-May onwards, we, uh, we'd love to, to hear your thoughts and experiences on what happens on those cruises as well. The best and easiest way you can get in touch with us is via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, which is where you can uh, leave your questions and also mentions if you want to uh, partake in a cruise review. Now, next uh, podcast will be episode 50. Where has that come from? It's incredible. Um, so we were planning a milestone podcast, uh, which will be coming to you next week, of course. But uh, let's not spoil that fun. Let's jump straight into today's show. You've got about 20 minutes of pure cruise listening pleasure ahead of you. Enjoy the show and do get in touch and let us know what you think.
It's Friday once again at the Southern Podcast. It is always our pleasure to speak with Chris Frey, maritime historian and all things cruise news. Chris, welcome back. Thanks so much, Baz. And oh my gosh, the list of cruise news for this week is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps coming. And I was like, do I add it in? Do we leave it for next week? But no, I think we've got a, a bumper news segment. But be, uh, before we get to that, yep. um, we had a listener question. Um, and it's regarding a, a, a Something you mentioned in last week's podcast where you were talking about how the term bridge came to be, uh, came about. Yep. And uh, Liam sent in a message and said, um, what are the references for some of the common nautical names and terms do you have? E.g. port, starboard, gangway, posh, etc. And any quirky ones you may know? Oh, cool. That's a good one. Um, the listeners are obviously trying to catch me out. <laughs> um, so there's a few of the uh, ones there that uh, that Liam mentioned, some of the ones that you've probably heard of um, if you've been traveling or if you've heard of ships, there's things like um, posh for, um, when it comes to where you want it to be positioned on the ship, port, starboard. Um, and harder starboard is another one that I thought might be interesting because everyone's heard that in Titanic um, when they call it harder starboard and yet – it looks a little bit strange when you watch what happens with the ship. So I'll just go through mm. them. Um, okay. So port um, was the – well, actually, we'll start with starboard. Starboard is a translation of a um, – I believe it was a Viking word um, for steerboard, basically, is the translation, which is where the tiller um, oh, yeah. used to be um, positioned on the side of a ship to – control the, the rudder so basically it wasn't a wheel like we see now it was more a um, sort of a, a stick sort of arrangement um, that connected off the side of the ship to to the rudder um, and that was on what we now refer to as the starboard side of the ship but it was the steering side so steerboard loosely translated right. into starboard because of this most of the ships used to berth with the port side or the left side against the pier because if you had it the other way around, you risked damaging the damaging, yeah. the rudder. So port was the side that it made port with, I guess, is the best way to translate that one. So you have starboard and, and port, which is now, of course, um, uh, right and, and left on ships. Um, so that leads us to posh, which is a term that was used when it referred to particularly the long-duration voyages over the tropics between um, Britain and um you know, India and uh, China and Australia. Mm -hmm. And it stands for Port Out Starboard Home. Um, and that's in relation to the, the older ships that, um, you know, were, were not air conditioned the way they are today. They were um, ventilated using uh, air that was sort of sucked through the ship using, um, or later on in the story at least, using uh, big fans. Um, mm -hmm. So it wasn't very well cooled on the ship so if you positioned yourself on the port side when you're coming out from britain um, or from europe and then on the starboard side going back you're actually on the side of the ship that was away from the sun for the duration for the majority of the voyage in terms of where the mm. sun was positioned and the ship's angle on, on its on its voyage of course this wasn't a perfect science but it was um design uh, sort of preferable that way because the the sun hitting the ship would obviously warm up that side of the ship more and then you would be a little bit less comfortable yeah. um, and then the other one um he mentioned i think was gangway yep. um, and that's an interesting one because gang the word gang actually um an old meaning for it is sort of a, a passageway or a or a journey between two points 
So oh. um, a gangway was obviously a, a passageway between the ship and the pier or the ship and the port. So oh. gangway sort of just, just stuck. Um, mm-hmm. And the other one I was going to mention is Heart of Starboard. So you've probably seen in the film or heard in the film Titanic um, that when they saw the iceberg, the order was given to go hard to starboard. And if you watch the film, um, as they turn the, the wheel or the, the, the tiller gets turned hard to starboard, they, they're pushing it in the right-hand direction, the ship mm-hmm. starts to move port. You notice mm-hmm. the bow starts to go towards the left-hand side. Now, this is because those old ships that used to use the, 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 the tiller-rudder arrangement over the side – if you were to push the, the 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 lever or the pole, I suppose, um, to the to the right, the ship would turn left, and if you turned it to the left, the ship would turn right. So yeah. on the old liners, they continued this tradition, and so it was it was geared up so that if you went harder starboard, the ship would turn port, and if you went harder port, the ship would turn starboard. Yeah. Um, nowadays they don't do it like that, but that yeah. is the reason why when you watch one of the most famous and best watched movies of all time the ship appears to turn in the wrong direction she actually did turn like that um and the turning of the ship harder starboard made the ship turn to the port and that exposed the starboard side to the iceberg so um that is the reason why we have that i think within the amount of news that we've got i can't really go into too many more (laughs) because we'll we'll definitely run out of time (laughs) but um Look, if you've got any Excellent. specific ones that you want to want want to know, um, and look uh, again, um, I have been, <laughs> I'll admit it, I have been um, caught out, uh, stumped a few times with questions at lectures and stuff like that when it comes to these <laughs> sorts of terms, and you have to do a little bit of research as well. So, but feel free to send it into Baz, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, of course. Um, I actually didn't know where port and starboard came from, so I've learned something today. Oh, good. There we go. I knew it was left and right, but yeah. I didn't know where it originated from. And you might also um, uh, notice that the the ships have um, uh, lights on the front of the ship, um, mm-hmm. and there's a um, there's a green light and a red light at the front of the vessel. The, the mm-hmm. red light um, is on the port side, and the green light is on the starboard side. And they're usually positioned near the bridge, um, but yep. also you can find them on the mast of some ships. And that is actually a way to tell other ships which side you're approaching. Yep. It's actually invented, de- uh, designed by Cunard, actually, oh. all those years ago. And they still use it on ships, but they also use it on aircraft. So I think that's yeah. amazing. That's something that was just done to sort of like try and help captains work out which way they're approaching other ships back in the yeah. early days of liners is something that's used these days in, in aviation and, and shipping. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Incredible. We learn something new every day. Um, now, as you say, we've got so much news to get through, so we're going to jump straight into it. A lot of news and a lot of excitement uh, from the UK, of course, <laughs> with uh, a whole heap of cruise lines uh, scrambling to uh, announce deployments. And uh, one of the ones that came out this week was from uh, MSC. Yes. So, I mean, as you say, there's so many coming out because, of course, we've mentioned in the previous podcast that the UK is going to be allowing um, locally based cruising um, out of UK ports for UK residents. Um, uh, this year, which is which is pretty cool for people in the UK, um, MSC is going to be doing a series of mini cruises um, f- for for the obviously for the UK market, um, and there'll be seven night voyages. Um, but whilst some cruise lines have been 
putting in sort of restrictions on um, ages of guests and adults only and um, vaccinations only. MSC at this stage is saying all guests and all ages, which is, I think, what makes it stand out. Um, of course, you still have to have the, uh, the, the test prior to make yes, sure that you are clear of COVID. Testing, of course. Um, but uh, the uh, vaccination is not a necessity. Um, Princess, they've announced uh, two ships for the UK deployment. Yes, they have. So they've got um, Regal Princess, um, who will be offering um, a series of, I think it's 14 voyages out of the UK market, mm-hmm. um, running from the very end of July all the way through to the towards the end of September. Um, and then they're also doing Sky Princess, which I think has got eight um, voyages of her own. Um, mm-hmm. And she's going to be doing that a little bit later um, starts. It should be starting at the end of August, but then running through to the end of September as well. Um, and they all go, or they're already on sale, actually. Yeah, so they they went on sale. Yeah, twenty fourth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, some uh, some great news. And of course, uh, Princess will be all medallion, but uh, we'll be speaking to Princess mm. about what that means and how it elevates the cruise experience a little later on. Uh, just overnight, we've just had some news from Royal Caribbean and Celebrity. They've announced a restart in Europe for 2021. Um, we're going to have Royal Caribbean's Jewel of the Seals, sorry, Jewel of the Seas, sailing uh-huh. out of Limassol, and Cele- Celebrity Apex out of Athens, doing week-long voyages starting the 19th of June. And also out uh, overnight, P&O UK, a brand mm. close to your heart, Chris, um, their new ship, Avia, um, will be homeported out of Barbados and Antigua, in the Caribbean when she makes her debut in December of 2022. So that'll be a fly cruise oh, season, of course. Yeah. yeah, so lots of excitement in the UK, and um, uh, we're going to try and get somebody on from the UK in the next couple of weeks so to talk about how exciting it is out there and what the vibe is like and how people are feeling about the, potent, the, the potent potential to send back to sea. Yeah, it must be, so, <laughs> yeah. It must be such a relief. Um, you know, we, we, we were just talking off air, um, Baz and I, that of course in the UK they've still got pretty tight restrictions, but yet you're able to start booking cruises because you know things are, are starting to, to look like on a on a positive trajectory. So it's um it's it's really nice to to see so many people online, particularly getting so excited about the opportunity to go back to sea again. Yeah, and I've got some news actually. I haven't even told you. Oh, um, I just booked a Virgin Voyages cruise in the Med oh, for 2022. Barry, now I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, I can't wait! So it it's four hundred days or more, but um, it's on the wall, and I'm, I'm crossing it off yep, every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now a little closer to home here in Australia, our friends from Star Cruises have announced a restart in Malaysia. Yes, they have. So they'll be the first um, cruise line to offer cruises out of Malaysia since the since the shutdown with Star Pisces, um, one of their their ships, um, and she'll be offering voyages um, from Penang from um, May of 2021, and they're just two night two night escapes. Um, which will be, um, you know, lovely for people to to sort of try out the um, the ship and the experience. And then they've also got um, a number of one night um, voyages as well. So, uh, you know, small steps, but an opportunity to to have a little bit of a break in in local waters. Yeah, and for those people that are not familiar with the name Star Cruises, depending on where you are in the world, um, Star is um, one of the original brands of the the Genting Group. So mm. you've obviously got Star Cruises, you've got Dream Cruises, which is also in Asia, but a little bit more international. And of course, the the luxury brand Crystal is part of that family as well. Yeah. Now, speaking of luxury, Azamara, who we spoke about quite a lot on the other show, they've named their fourth ship. They have, yes. So she's Azamara Onward, which is the newest ship in the in the fleet. Um, the former uh, Pacific Princess, which people might know, of course, she was mm-hmm. sold earlier. Um, it was last year, wasn't it? Uh, but it's now yep. been handed over um, to Azamara, um, and so she'll be joining Pursuit, Journey, and Quest, and they're all of the same design. They're 
all um, designed as R-class ships for um, a defunct brand, uh, Renaissance Cruising, which basically built this big fleet of ships and then and then went um, uh, mm-hmm. ceased operations. So the, the ships have sort of had other operators, but they're all kind of being pulled back together under a couple of different brands now. And Azamara is one of the ones that has, I think, the largest um, group of them now. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful ships. They are, they are uh, stunning, a really nice way to sail. Um, we touched on this next bit of news um, briefly a couple of weeks ago when we mentioned that Crystal was going to restart cruising in the Bahamas. But as a result of that announcement, they've had a bumper booking window. Oh, yes. Um, so they opened their reservations for their um, their luxury voyages, um, and Bahamas uh, particularly uh, was the, the focus of this particular release. Um, and that's cruises on board Crystal Serenity. Um and they've had four thousand reservations in the in, in the time the 24 hours. <laughs> in the time that they yeah for the twenty four hours that they had it open for so that's um that's remarkable and and then, in fact um uh, of that the line says that um, almost two hundred were people who reserved a back to back trip so aren't going to leave the ship just going to keep going and and do more than one cruise at a time so um you know people have missed it they really have yes they have they have. And we're right on that cusp now of everything uh, starting to to restart everywhere apart from Australia, but we're going to get there. We won't won't dwell on that fact. (laughs) Now, speaking of the Bahamas, um, Royal Caribbean has also announced um, new cruises from Bermuda. Yes, they have. So, um, you know, RCI is interesting because they've they've been doing like a sort of slow and steady return. They've already got a ship sailing out of Singapore. They've got a ship that's starting out of um, Israel. So they're they're having a very sort of... um, uh, staged approach to to resumption of cruising, um, and they have announced uh, now seven night uh, voyages um, out of Bermuda, but also um, uh, pull in at their at their at their private island, Coco Key, um, and it's going to be on board Vision of the Seas, which is one of the smaller ships, but mm-hmm. um, you know she's a similar. I, I've sailed on board Enchantment, which is a slightly larger ship because she yep. was lengthened, but she's of the same class, and um, that. I mean, Enchantment itself was just delightful, so I'm, I'm assuming that Vision would be very lovely as well. Um, and bookings for that will be open by the time probably you've, you're listening to this podcast. They open on the 29th of March. Going from the iconic Royal Caribbean to one of the historical Clippers, mm. Star Clippers returning to Costa Rica. Yes, so Star Clippers, if you don't know, is um, a very unique brand because it's uh, still operating a Clipper ship, which is, mm-hmm. um, of course, the old, beautiful old sailing ships. Um, uh, that used to be the way to travel back in the day. Um, um, so they're, they're um, going to be sailing out of Costa Rica. They're doing a, a series of what they're calling eco-treasure voyages. So I think because the ship is um, sail-powered, they've got that um, mm-hmm. environmentally friendly angle. Um, and they'll be doing a 2022-2023 voyages. And um, the season starts in November next year. So 14-night uh, voyages, which will take in Barbados all the way up to Panama. Excellent. Love it. Um, our good friends at Hurtigruten have re- revealed a brand new expedition cruise for 2023. Yes. So they're sending the Roald Amundsen to um, the Northwest Passage, which is very... I was, I was reading the itinerary actually first. I missed the bit about the Northwest Passage and it's like, oh, it's going to be in Alaska and <laughs> the Bering Straits and it ends up in Halifax. So I was like, hang on a minute. Like that's a very long voyage around <laughs> through the Panama Canal. Oh no, wait, <laughs> Northwest Passage. So um, obviously not. Uh, that's, a, you know, allowing it to go through the area where... Um, uh, the the ice uh, is uh, in the northern mm-hmm. hemisphere, um, and this this ship's got um, sort of a five hundred passenger capacity. So she's a small ship, but um, but built specifically for these uh, kind of expedition type voyages. 
Yeah, she's one of the newer ships within the Hurtigruten fleet. Uh, Costa, which is the Italian brand for Royal... Co- sorry, for <laughs> Costa, which is the Italian brand for Carnival, um, has announced a restart in the Med. Yes, yeah, so Costa Smeralda is going to be departing um, on voyages from the 1st of May. Um, and this is a um, you know an itinerary that had been sort of flagged for a while. So they're basically mm-hmm. just saying that it's unchanged um, and back uh, back into service. Um, there'll be um, three and four day voyages, and then they're also doing um, seven day trips as well. So a little bit longer, um, and they'll be um, calling in a variety of different um, Italian ports like Civitavecchia and Naples and Cagliari, um, and then. From the 12th of June, she'll be doing Western Mediterranean voyages as well. So, again, Costa, slow and steady, you know, getting one ship at a time, but um, all signs in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Costa Luminosa, a second ship, will also come into service uh, mid-May, sailing out of Trieste as well. Um, we've got a trifecta of news from PO Australia mm. down here. We're going to start off with um, uh, the announcement of their first inaugural Pride Cruise. Yes, so they'll be doing a weekend uh, voyage um, in November of 2022, and um, this is aboard the Pacific Adventure. So she'll be departing Sydney on the, the first Pride Cruise, um, and uh, that departs on the 4th of um, November in 2022. Um, and then, so she's, she's basically away from Friday through to to Monday. So it gives uh, people an opportunity to spend the weekend at sea. Yeah, and tickets for that one go on sale on April the 7th. Mm. Um, here in Western Australia, we've got an exciting cruise which will take in the solar, sorry, the solar eclipse at Ningaloo. Uh, yes, yeah, so this one's departing from Fremantle um, from, the, uh, from April 2023. Um, and it's a five-night voyage, um, which will take in the solar eclipse, and it sails up the, the Western Australian coast up to Exmouth, um, and that will be hosted on board the Pacific Explorer, uh, which is their now, funnily enough, their oldest ship. But she was the new the new one before the the, the pause, and now she's the <laughs> the oldest in the fleet. But um, uh, you know, beautiful uh, large ship that they've got there, and um, all prepared and ready for post-COVID cruising. Yeah, this is um, apparently Exmouth is one of the only places in Australia where this uh, solar eclipse will be visible. So I think this uh, cruise will sell out very, very quickly. Yeah, they quickly. say that the actual eclipse will last for wh- one minute and sixteen seconds. So they <laughs> they've definitely <laughs> um, uh, got time down to the down to the second. <laughs> Now, um, in a wider um, deployment news for P&O Australia, uh, we had lots of announcements about the 22-23 season. Mm. What's, uh, what's P&O announcing? Well, I mean, we'll start with Explorer back in Fremantle, which, of course, um, uh, we've just mentioned that one of those voyages, but she's going to be doing six departures from um, Frio. Um, yep. Then she'll also, Pacific Explorer is going to be moving around the country quite a bit, so she's also going to do voyages out of Auckland, um, and out of Adelaide and out of Cairns. So, yeah. and Adelaide's one's quite interesting, it's particularly for locals, because I mean, Adelaide's got lots of people who love cruising, um, live in Adelaide, but, um, you know, the opportunities to do voyages out of Adelaide are, uh, have been few and far between up until recently, uh, but now mm-hmm. they're going to be doing um, round trip voyages. So that's pretty cool um, for people who yeah. want to, you know, avoid having to go any, do any flying. Um, Pacific Adventure is going to be doing 59 voyages from Sydney um, and there's South Pacific, a series of South Pacific itineraries between 8 and 12 nights. 
Uh, and Pacific Encounter, so of course, Adventure and Encounter are the new grand class ships that are coming into the fleet, really exciting. Um, and she'll be, uh, Encounter will be doing 60 trips from Brisbane. Um, and there's a whole heap of different um, destinations that are included in that, but these are sort of their, their sort of seven night um, Pacific Islands and, and Great Barrier Reef voyages. So um, lots of opportunity to, to sail in Australia on P&O Australia from 2022. Yeah, and I just noticed just reading through that as well. They've also got, um, of course, they're famous or were famous for their Australia Day cruises. Mm-hmm. So they'll be back in 2023 from both Brisbane and Melbourne and also a tribute to the King. So they're dabbling in the music cruises, which yes. are always very popular as King well. cruises are um, something that was growing a huge amount of popularity before the pause. So I think it would be great to see um, uh, that sort of returning in, in strength once uh, cruising resumes. Excellent. Now, what's happening in the, the YouTube space this week, Chris? So, uh, here we go, right? Because we've got all these cruise ships that are going to be restarting. So, this week's video is going to look at what you need to do to restart a cruise ship. How do you get these ah. big, laid-up ships that have been sitting there for 12 months um, back up and running? And you know what? Some of the some of the things that they have to do, that some of the most complicated things that they have to do, um, like reactivating the galleys um, are actually mm-hmm. the hardest things to get a ship back up and running uh, and the most ah. complex. And um, we're going to go into that a little bit. So you, you might not know, might not think that a, a kitchen is that difficult to switch back on again, but these big cruise ship <laughs> kitchens are all run with special steam systems and all sorts of other things that they need to then get all back up and running. And um, everything from that to testing that the light bulbs are still working and the plugs are still operational. So yeah, tune and in. The toilets, of course. Yes. Well, funnily enough, Baz, the the toilets ha- and uh, and taps have been tested in every every toilet has been tested every week since the ships went into layup. Oh, really? And this is a requirement of them um, maintaining their cruise ship class rating. Um, so wow. some some a team of people's job is literally to walk from cabin to cabin to cabin to cabin and flush the toilets and at the end of it and they're finished it's the next week and they have to start again start again <laughs> it's like <Wow>. painting <laughs> the sydney harbour bridge <laughs> so um there we go that's that's three things but there's about there's about 20 or so um, yeah don't major, give them all away no of course not You've got to tune into the video absolutely and of course the link to chrissy's youtube channel is always in the show notes of each and every episode so just head to the big cruise podcast to get access to to that link yeah, there. i got a new, new channel um new channel name now it's uh, uh oh, wow. at, at chris frame official so <laughs> at chris frame official very okay important. <laughs> i must check that we've got the right link then uh, the think, old uh... one still works thank goodness so the old okay. chris cunard okay. one still works because i think everyone still knows me as chris cunard but obviously <laughs> from from what you can tell now is it's a much broader interest than just one cruise line. So we, we've um, broadened it out, which is nice. Yeah. I've just realized as we're speaking, we're recording episode 49. Goodness. The next episode is a milestone. Half a century. (laughs) Right. Well, who'd have thought? Yes. Well, we'll have to think of something special for that one. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Brilliant. Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Thank you very, very much for your time. And uh, we'll be back in the studio the same time next week. Thanks, Baz. Take care. I'm back. I haven't got anywhere just yet because since recording the uh, the earlier part of the podcast with Chris earlier today, more cruise news has broken and I couldn't 
let the episode go to air without mentioning the fact that both Disney and Cunard have announced their plans for UK uh, departures uh, in 2021. So let's take a little look at Disney. Um, I was aware there was a rumor when we were recording with Chris, but I, I don't like going with rumors. I like to wait until we see the, the hard facts. But Disney have now confirmed that they will offer cruises on Disney Magic of durations of two to four nights. These cruises will only go out to sea, so there'll be cruises to nowhere, but there will be opportunities to embark in Dover, Tilbury, Newcastle, Liverpool, and Southampton. Uh, We expect those voyages to go on sale at some point during April, so uh, we'll probably have a bit of an update by the time we get through to uh, the next episode. Whilst Cunard have announced that uh, Queen Elizabeth will be operating uh, cruises of 3 to 12 nights from July 21 through to October 21, there'll be a choice of um, British summer coastline cruising um, or follow the sun cruises. And as I mentioned, 3 to 12 nights in duration. Some of them will be cruises to nowhere. Some of them will go to places along the British coastline, such as Liverpool, Greenock, Invergordon, Belfast, Newcastle, and Cunard's very first visit to the port of Holyhead in Wales. So uh, if you're in the UK, so much opportunity for you to, to, to get behind and maybe experience a cruise for the first time because uh, taking a cruise uh, in your own backyard is often the first way that many, many people get to experience a cruise. But uh, as I say, early days, more and more information will come out over the, the next week or so, so we will be sure to update you in the next episode. But uh, I really hope uh, you've enjoyed this episode today. It's a a little bit shorter than we originally planned, but I plan to have a bumper episode for you in episode 50. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. And if I can ask one thing, share it with somebody. Send it to a friend that you think will love uh, a cruise podcast. And uh, if you can think of a few more, send it to them as well. Thanks again. Until next time. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.